2: In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for
0: details. JF Shetford Paddock, and this is Housen's Brew. And as you may notice, it's Housen's Brew with a difference. There's no Housen. Uh, but don't <laughs> panic, don't need to click off what yet. I'm here for. Yeah, this is how uh, because we've got uh, an Able Substitute, Alex Baggers is with us as well. And we've also got George Baker, one of the founding members of FC United, who's joined us. Thanks for coming on the show, no George. going to talk to us a little bit about, obviously, what happened in 2005 with FC United and the anti-Glazer protest then, and what he makes of what's going on recently with the recent protests, the protests that are planned as well. And just, you know, what is going down? Is it? Are we ever going to get rid of the Glazers, what's going on there? and how how close did we come in in the past as well so if you've got any questions for george about fc united about the process in the past give us a shout any questions for me and baggers get involved um, hit like hit share hit subscribe and give us your questions as well george thanks for coming on i just wanted to ask you a little bit about so cuz some of our viewers may not know a lot about fc united they may be a bit confused about what fc united is what it stands for just talk us through like from the beginning how did fc united come about and who the people sort of involved in it.
1: Well it came about um at first it was first mooted around uh, January 2005 in Red Issue uh, the sadly Now out of print fanzine. Mm. Um it was it had been it had first been touted around the time of the Murdoch takeover the idea of it. Like there'd been word about um whether or not break breakaway club could be an option. Um but uh, yeah it started to take root uh, around the time it was pretty obvious that the Glazers were uh, getting a majority shareholding in United. And uh, it had been a culmination of all sorts of things, like not just the Glazer takeover, but obviously the sanitization, the matchday experience, uh, ever-increasing ticket prices, um, just the general corporate takeover of football. Uh, but the idea that United wouldn't be able, um, the United would be privately owned by a man who's clearly not a football man, by quite a hostile le- debt leverage takeover, um, it became a bit too. It became too much for a lot of people, and the idea was uh, to show that uh, we're serious, that we won't be turning up um, as fans if uh, if the Glazers take over. The the idea of a breakaway club was um, was j- was jotted out in in red issue. And ever since then, it just gained traction. And when uh, the takeover finally happened in May 2005, uh, the, ball, uh, the, the ball got rolling very, very quickly. And uh, it was a steering committee of 10 to 15 people who, um, who, who basically just had to create a football club from, sh- from scratch, find a ground to play at, find players, find a coach, and find a league to play in. And they had to uh, apply f- for that league, do a presentation for the league, who of course were understandably skeptical about uh, a project like this, which certainly had never been seen, certainly never in the north of England anyway, so it was completely unprecedented in many ways to form a breakaway club and some the idea was for it to be fan owned completely one hundred percent fan owned so that it was glazer proof essentially
2: which is i mean it seems madness now that it even got through in the end the glazer thing and the fact that there were so many United fans against it, but it just I think that the feeling now is that for me is that at that time I think that a lot of people against it were fans of other clubs were just like United fans, you, spo- you know, spoiled United fans that are complaining about more money coming to your club and things like that. I think that that was the kind of tone with it. All. I was a little bit too young to remember it, but at the same time, going into 2010, it was still the same kind of stuff. It was you complain about not quite making as much money as everyone else? You complaining about you not being owned by a billionaire by someone that's not putting the money in? Whereas I think. The feeling around it now is I think that because of the Super League was, it wasn't just an effect on Manchester United. It wasn't just that. I think that with a few more fans getting involved and other clubs going wow, the, that Glazer takeover in 2005 hasn't just influenced Manchester United Football Club in terms of the fans going to the games. Hasn't just influenced Manchester United Football Club in terms of the transfers that we've been, been able to make. But could now have a trickle down effect of affecting the whole pyramid of English football. That's the a scary thing for me. Did you? I mean, again, did you see that happening then? Did you have that feeling? Was that one of the major things that it wasn't just about Man United? You were hoping that it, people would kind of realise it from outside of Manchester United.
1: Of course, yeah, because you know we tried saying, you know, this isn't just bad for Man United. This is bad for all of football. And of course, that in essentially, essentially, sounds like an, or a typically arrogant Man U <laughs> fan statement. Um, <laughs> just to say, you know, well, it's it's all about you, isn't it? So you know, we're, we're literally being laughed at by f- other fans because you know they saw it as um, the demise of Man united, like the most successful club of the last 10 15 years oh it's hilarious because it'll be less dominance from manchester united and it, they didn't see it as you know uh, an extremely di- an extremely dangerous thing to do uh, for football as a whole like and we knew that um you know rumors of a european super league have been around for god knows how long mm. now like coming up to th- probably 30 years like people have been talking about it for so long and it's no surprise whatsoever that um, like American owners, like who've been involved with American sports franchises, were of course going to be at the forefront of something like that. And that's what kind of um, we, that's what you know the the Nancy Glazer uh, message was about. Really, it was not just bad for Manchester United; it's bad for whole, the whole of football. And that's what we've seen. And we've got the whole you know you know Man U fans creating their own club. What are they going to do? They've, you know they're all just spoiled TV, TV subscribers from London and yeah. the South East. What are they going to do? And no one's going to turn up because it's in Manchester and all that crap. <laughs> so it's you know we got all of that, and uh, and of course we you know it, it surprised a lot of people that uh, we ended up being so successful. We three prom- three straight promotions yep. uh, as a fan-owned club. You know, obviously we had we were getting two to three thousand fans every game in, in leagues where there's only fifty to hundred turning yep. up. We played Salford City back when they were getting one hundred and fifty people and playing in Amber you know <laughs> um so it was it was a good laugh they had to move it to the willows the rugby league stadium because uh, moor lane was just a patch of grass back then essentially so it was yeah it was a great time uh, um but yeah there was a lot of skepticism and a lot of it completely unfounded based on you know uh p- perceptions of what we are as united fans
0: how hard was it for you george because you're a united fan
1: and then you know the glazers come in and
0: you know you are you know you are someone who's going to the games and then you the saying right you know, I just can't do this anymore. I can't carry on going to Old Trafford or support, not support, him, but, you know, go to these games while these owners are in, in place. How hard was it for you to, to walk away from that? And I know you're still, you know, obviously United fan, but to, to stop going and doing what you're doing and join this club and this club that didn't exist until you got involved. How hard was all that?
1: It was really difficult at first just to, I mean, for me, I was quite young. I was only 19 at the time and I didn't have a season ticket. And one of the reasons is, how many teenagers could afford a Premier League season ticket, particularly well, at still Manchester the case United? Now. Yeah, it's, still the of case course now. it is. Yeah, yeah. and so um, you know, for me to no longer go from a personal respect, perspective, I was enjoying Old Trafford less and less. Found myself having to go on my own right. sometimes because I couldn't get two tickets, and you, you could hardly ever get more than two tickets. You just like, and you getting chubbed to what sixty six percent of the time, and it was yes. just like, is it is it really worth it when I when I can get tickets? And I'm just, you know, I remember um, one of the last games I went to was Portsmouth. Oh, I think it was in March 2005, and um, stand up if you're not for sale was going around Old Trafford, and um, Stretford End was going for it. But I was, I think I was in the south stand. Can you imagine how that went down in the yeah, south stand, know. standing up in front of people? <laughs> sit down, <laughs> you know, like you're trying, you're standing up to, you know, pr- uh, show your support for the club and uh, to show your opposition to what's going to be a horrible takeover. And there's just, just people yelling at you to sit down so it, it didn't it wasn't too difficult for me on from a personal perspective but there were so many at fc united who'd been going for 30 or 40 years season ticket holders home and away europe everywhere it was a lot more difficult for them and they were the ones at the forefront of the creation of the club and they had to not only stop going to um to united but spending all their time uh, helping and create and uh, you know helping to prop up this new club, so it was much much harder for them. Me as a young fan who'd become disillusioned quite um, quite early with it all, it was less difficult because we ended up having s- such a good time in those early years, yeah. and st- it still gets talked about now, like the first season particularly, like the the joy we were having following um, a club that was ours. And um, a club that had a, an old school United atmosphere that we'd created with like-minded Reds Kinda, it far outweighed uh, the disappointment in many ways. O- obviously, it was gut wrenches sometimes uh, to watch because um, we were still watching United in the post. Can't you can't get rid of it? You're watching yeah, yeah. a Red. Yeah, you yeah. just it's for life. So, and we still you know it's a catch twenty two. You want United to win, but you don't want the Glazers to be successful. But we were just like it's United. So yeah, well, the yeah. love for United yeah. out- overrides. Uh, dislike of the Glazers, but yeah, it was um, it was it was a really um, it was a really good time. But yeah, sometimes you know, like I remember the seven one against Roma, topical. Yeah. I just remember think, sitting at home and thinking, God, I wish I was there for this one. <laughs> you know, that, that's, there's a few like that. Yeah. But yeah, it was it really was terrific in the early years, and it still is.
2: It's a weird one with the Super League because we we had this feeling last week, didn't we? Yeah. where, I mean, all we do is talk about Manchester United. That's what we do, and I think that it got to got to a point i mean probably monday tuesday last week when this kind of all got announced and all i was it got to the point where everyone kind of went this isn't going to stop now there's no way this is going to stop and i still back in my mind i still think that there'll be something else come around of course and I, we all just kind of went would, would you watch anymore because i think that the, the change in ownership i think the fact that it was the same kind of... It's still playing in the Premier League, still playing in the, the first division of English football and all that kind of stuff. It still kind of had that feel. And I think most fan, a lot of fans still had that feel to it. But I think if you'd have had that Super League... Because I think eventually that would have led to United not having the first team in the Premier League. I don't think that would have happened. I think most of us were kind of had that feeling last week that this is the end of us watching Manchester United completely. It's not just going to grounds, but I think people would have just tuned out. I think that this was the the bigger feeling. I think that that was that Man United fans weren't, the local Man United fans weren't going to even watch United anymore. It wasn't just going to be not going to the grounds and stuff and, and not doing that. It just wasn't going to be football anymore to go and watch and that impact that that was going to have all the way down to what that meant to other clubs in the Premier League that or other clubs in the Football League was just, it was sickening. So to to see a club like FC United and we've been involved in a little bit, been involved with Paddock FC with Steve stuff and and. You know, being involved with the lads that you get on with and, and that kind of... Feel, you thought you were going to get away with Paddock FC stuff today without housing You always bring up Paddock FC. Always bring up Paddock FC. Honestly,
0: it drives me mad, George. Yeah, you know.
2: But at the same time, that you being involved in something and going and watching that kind of game does have a bit of a different feeling to watching Man United. You, you feel more connected to the footballers and the players because you know their story a bit more. It's a bit more relatable than what, what Manchester United has become now.
1: Yeah, it is. And, you know, you really do feel part of it. Yeah. Like when you're AFC, whether or not you volunteer just to, at, on the turnstiles or whether you're in the boardroom or uh, selling uh, half-time draw tickets, you know, you really feel an involvement in the club. Like And, you know, the players come to the bar after the game. Uh, they're always approachable. You chat to them. They all they all get um, an introduction to the club when they arrive. Like the manager that we've got at the moment, Neil Reynolds, is terrific. Like He's really, like, uh, bought into the idea of the club. And, you know, they're, they're to- the players are told um straight away you know this is what we're about and we're a fans club and um the connection to the fans is really really important so you you really you have something for us it's like um, we created a model of what we think manchester united should be you know like a club that um cares about its local community where um where you feel a connection uh, where you do where you enjoy yourself um, week in week out, and yeah, I've looked at um, I've seen like Sheffield Sh- 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 Paddock FC. I know that he uh, released a statement saying that they look they'd look into like a fan ownership model, uh, which is great. You know, more fan owned clubs, the better. Yep. Not sure there's room for two Manchester United <laughs> fan owned clubs, like, with United <laughs> fans, but you know, um, more power to you, yeah. Steve. Go for it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't
0: play it. Um, with what's been going on recently, George, and you've seen it all with, obviously, the the, the Super League stuff and, and the, 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 the the there was a protest at the ground uh, last weekend. There's going to be a protest this Sunday. You've been there yourself protest, protests and, obviously, with FC United. Do, do you think this can could bring around change? Do you see any, anything different now this time round than you saw back in those days? Um, I mean, you can be honest, mate. You know? Yeah,
1: <laughs> like, look, any anti-glazer protest whether it be now whether it was 16 years ago is valid and i'm glad i'm i'm delighted to see it happening yeah but yeah i do i am a bit skeptical i know you were saying earlier about um how it just felt it felt different this time without the european super league who would bother going watch it? it's just a lot of glorified friendlies essentially Uh, so it did feel different and the reaction to it um even though you know it you obviously, you know, Gary Neville and everyone on Sky Sports, things like that. They're all saying the right things, but it is a little jarring to see them being held up as as the heroes of the of um, of you know the against modern football movement, yeah. if you like, because you know they couldn't um, couldn't have been quieter during those sixteen years, and Neville, particularly, even you know defended the Glazers on on some occasions. So um, when Sky, it does feel like. Uh, it was great to see the fan process not just at United but the other si- the fans of the other five clubs, uh, and to actually bring about change. But it felt as if people were doing it because Sky Sports were telling them to be angry rather than um, actual anger themselves. And like, yeah, I was, uh, I'm glad that they uh, used the platform to get rid of it. But um, yeah, it was it was just a little like uh, when we've been you know ridiculed and told how wrong we are, and you know the Glazers aren't that bad for the last 16 years for them to. to Uh, By some of the people speaking out now, it's just, mm, well, okay. So, uh, yeah, and with regards to um, the protest now, I do see a similarity. Like, it it feels, I don't know if you remember the protest um, against the Glazers just before they took over again, before the Milan uh, Champions League game in 2005. It was a huge one. Yeah, yeah. It was like 20,000, 30,000 people. And I'm hearing numbers like 10,000 coming down on Sunday. So it all feels very similar. And I remember people then... I remember thinking when FC United formed, we're going to be massive. We're going to have twenty, thirty thousand yeah. 30,000 fans because all these people have said... I, all these people have joined Shareholders United uh, to try and block the Glazers. They're all going to come along and they're all, they've all said they're not going to go when um, the Glazers the take over. And a lot of people just kind of shrugged and went... Oh, well, there's nothing we can do now. They've taken over the club, but it's still United. I'm yeah. just going to carry on. And I wor- and I worried that that would be the case with the Super League. You know, I thought it, it, once, it, once the ball got rolling and uh, the clubs pulled out and they said, this is happening, and the first game of the Super League rolled round. I just remember thinking, everybody's just going to do the same like in 2005. I'm very happy, though, to see that that's not been the case and that they've stopped it.
2: Completely agree. We're going to have a quick break there for a little advertise. Cameron, can you roll that for us? The House and Brew podcast is sponsored by Manscaped. Manscaped is the leader in men's below-the-waist grooming. Did you know that, Jay?
0: No, Well, I, I did actually. You because did Because I've come to realise it, that they are. They are the best. For a reason, because they're the best.
2: And they're now available in the USA, Canada, the UK, Australia, New Zealand, and the EU. Everywhere, Manscaped now. And you can use the code HOUSEN20 to get 20% off free shipping at manscape.com. Jay, did you know one guy every hour, every day is diagnosed with a testicular cancer? So this is a reminder to all men listening to check yourself before you wreck yourself. That
0: was the, the most... Uncanny ice cube impersonation I've ever seen. I thought I was sat with half of NWA there. Um, No, joking aside, though, yeah, it's serious. You've got to check yourself, haven't you? Um, And it's good that they're reminding us of that as well. Um, And obviously, Manscaped's in addition to providing the right tools and solutions for safe and easy manscaping. Safe, yes. Um, They've partnered up with the Testicular Cancer Society to spread awareness for men's health and early cancer detection because, obviously, you need to look after yourself, guys. You need to check... Check yourself down there. Make sure sure everything's okay. Yep. Um, so together, TCS and Manscapes are committed to raising awareness for the most common form of cancer in man, men aged fifteen to thirty-five, and giving support for fighters, survivors, and family families impacted by testicular cancer. As part of their "We Save Balls" initiative, and even though I've not been thirty-five for a good few weeks, I uh, few weeks, yeah, I, I do adhere to that policy of checking myself. Make sure you check yourself. So whilst you're
2: down there cleaning up your sack with the Manscaped 3.0. The 3.0. That lawnmower mode. The lawnmower 3.0. Hey, come on.
0: You know it makes sense.
2: Give them a little investigation for lumps, changes in size or any pain. I think we can all agree it's pretty fun playing with your balls anyway. That you know
0: is what? That the was read. A very Thank seri- you, man That was a serious like, type They've read there. And it's like, okay, you know, usually the Manscaped ones are yeah. a bit jovial. We have a little bit of a giggle. Very serious. And then it goes, looking oh, you know the grease. It's quite good checking your balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So
2: in addition to checking yourself regularly, you want to make sure your sack is looking fresh and clean with the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Inside the Perfect Package, you'll get all... Of their amazing products, including some liquid formulations that only use the best ingredients. They've got the crop preserver, the anti chafing deodorant, the crop reviver, a spray on ball tone and refresher. The Perfect Package 3.0 also includes the anti chafing boxes, which are very, very good, by the way, that keep your package cool and feeling fresh. Ronaldo Brown does love the boxes from Manscaped. Your boxes, or he's got his own. He's got his own. Wow, box. Okay. We've got everyone, we everyone's we got them in the office. No, no, we don't share. No. Uh, so join the Manscaped movement and start taking care of your balls today. So get 20% off 20%. and free shipping using free. Housen20 at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. So get 20% off free shipping with code housing 20 That's H-O-W-S-O-N-20 at manscaped.com. Link in the description. Yes. Season season
0: applies. Do look after yourself. Check yourself and get involved. Thanks for those messages. Um, we've got a super chat in from DChan87. It says, If the Glazers do sell, should we be worried that someone much worse than them could buy United? Was that a concern, George? Is that something? Because that is the sort of question. You go, oh, well, if the Glazers sold, then maybe, you know, a royal family from the Middle East may take us over, which has its own moral mm. conundrum, shall mm. we say, because then it's Tell like, you okay, it. you're swapping bad businessmen or greedy businessmen for what could be, you know, people trying to distract from a murderous regime, for example. Mm. Is that sort of something you think about? Or so we should yeah, I mean, out? I
1: don't know if there's much more I can add to what <laughs> I've just said there, <laughs> because you're absolutely right. Like, what, who who on earth can actually afford to buy yeah. United from the Glazers? Probably a Middle Eastern consortium with their own uh, human rights uh, uh, allegations. I think we've got enough of that in Manchester, haven't we? Well said, yeah. yeah so uh, I'd, it would just be, yeah, it's, it's a difficult one. But at the same time, you know, you never know what's going to come out. I know that I don't know how uh, realistic the Red Knights uh, campaign is. I, I know I have seen a statement from them in the yes. last couple of weeks. Uh, I don't know if that's uh, a realistic thing. Um, but um, I mean, yeah, it's it's a difficult one because you know who 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 is morally better? Because you know, only billionaires, only only another billionaire or a consortium of millionaires will probably be able to. Uh, um, afford United in that respect so um, yeah what is the answer I think that's the, I mean that's
2: the thing the, the, there's a lot of comments in here about the the petition just hit 100k which is for you know to legislate the 50 plus one coming in order to at least have a discussion in mm-hmm. parliament which is looking likely to where to go I mentioned this at the start I think that for me the one reason that this m- has a little bit of legs now is that it's not just Manchester United fans because I think that the, what everyone has asked for in the last few years especially as a lot of people as United fans is just get the lasers out get someone else in and we talked about the worst possible thing of getting someone else from a country with human rights violations and stuff that's the other option I think that the good thing about this is you've got almost like the, the likes of Liverpool whose owners are have done well and invested in the club and have actually improved them as a football team are also getting called out in all this because I think that that's a little bit of all this is that City fans have gone quite very quickly this week. It was yeah, all, every, yeah. all involved last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want them out and stuff like that. We want wanted to change and stuff. But then Champions League semi final comes around, <laughs> and they're like, that's more important oh yeah, because
1: City were the first club to pull out. They're, yeah, they're, they're, they're clinging to this. Oh well, it, 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 we we're the ones who destroyed it by <laughs> <But> pulling out. <laughs> they are literally saying this. I'm getting messages from Blues going, you know, you're welcome, and it's like, come on. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> You just, you'd yeah. you, you make any excuses for, uh, sure. for Shake Mansoor, don't you? Yeah. So it's ridiculous. And this ridiculous. is the whole
2: thing is that I think that, I don't think buying the club is the possibility. I don't think that anyone's going to be able to afford. I don't to come out and I don't think there's a benefit on us. I think this 50 plus one thing, I don't know how much you know about that in terms of the German model. Is that similar to how how you see things being run, similar to what you guys have you guys did it at FC United or what's the kind of well the 50 plus
1: 1 model um yeah it's it's very popular in like germany for example yeah. and it's more to do with voting rights yeah. rather than anything else um and it is it's infinitely preferable so yeah. what's go to what we've got yeah. but um in order for it to in order for it to really happen, it would likely have to be gov- uh, government legislation. Yeah. Without getting too political, I'm not too sure if the government we've got at the moment are very interested in handing things back to uh, the public no, uh, from private business there. owners. Yeah. So <laughs> it's um, it, it's it's a bit of a stretch to rely on that. But he, like, with the, you mentioned the petition. It is very refreshing that that's got to 100K, so it will get d- discussed in Parliament. We're, uh, we're heading towards that. Um, but uh, like, but uh, then, like, uh, IFC United, for example we're not 50 plus one, we're 50 plus 50. You yeah, know, it's, yeah. it's, it's 100% fan-owned, and that's essentially uh, what we would like um, uh, ideally for most clubs. And I think it's achievable at a lot of clubs, certainly in uh, the low leagues outside of the Premier League, because, yeah. uh, you know, Portsmouth had it for a while, Swansea City, Notts County, like all of those became fan-owned clubs and um, eventually voted to sell... Um, uh, part. part Parts of the club, at least, uh, to private business owners, um, and obviously we'll just look at how well AFC Wimbledon have done over the last few years as well, getting all the way to League One, overtaking uh, the franchise that they. Uh, so it's uh, it's fantastic. It's a fantastic working model, and you know there is proof that it that it can work, and that a hundred percent ownership of your club is possible. It's more to do with the lower leagues, but it's. Um, the, the one thing fan, fans really should, United or otherwise, should really take this as an opportunity to try and get more influence in their boardrooms, whether yeah. it's just one guy on the board, whether it's 100% fan ownership, whether it's signing petitions, whether it's um, get, getting towards a 50 plus one model, anything to get more support or representation in the boardrooms is vital more now than it's ever been. On that front, George, we know that today there was a, a fans forum at Manchester United where some of the,
0: the, the representatives and the fans groups who, who meet with the club are, spoke to, I think it was like a, a, an online call, Edward was on it. Amazingly, none of the Glazers were on it, really? which That's I right. know is going to be a massive shock, especially on the on the back of Joel Glazer's completely heartfelt and original apology that he wrote himself the other day. Um, but they were calling for some of the things he spoke about. I'll... I'll, I'll just quickly mention some of the things that, that were... were this, They've handed this letter from the fans forum, from these fan groups, to the the owners via the, the club, uh, and they've called for sort of five requests uh, within the next seven days. No, not re- within the next seven days. Given these five requests, you've got seven days to respond. So they're... Calling for the, the clubs to willingly and openly engage, promote the government-initiated fan-led review of football, and use this as an opportunity to rebalance the current ownership structure in favour of supporters, and not approach this review defensively or to fight the status quo, um, or to fight for the status quo. So, appoint independent directors to the board, whose sole purpose is to protect the interest of the club as a football club, not its shareholders and um, not focus on profits over results. Work with the United supporters, trust and supporters more broadly to put in place a share scheme that is accessible to all and that has shares with the same voting rights as those held by the Glazer family. Commit to full consultation with senior ticket holders on any changes, significant changes to the club, including the competitions we play in, obviously are not there to so the European Super League. Um, and also the final one is for Joel Glazer or the Glazer family to um, provide a commitment that any costs incurred in relation to the creation or withdrawal from the Super League uh, will be funded solely by the Glazer family, not by the club itself, we know that the Kroenke family have already made this commitment to Arsenal fans. So there's like a list of demands there, and you, you know, you've been here before, seeing these sort of things when with the owners. Do you have any faith that you can get a response, or not
1: you personally, but this, the, the 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 club will act? Uh, I mean. No, not really. Yeah. Um, I think it's 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 great that um, these d- uh, demands are being put forward, and like um, I, I hope that uh, things do happen. Uh, like it's it's good to see. Must have woken up to the um, to the uh, like the threat of the Glazers um, again. So it's, I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna uh, oppose any of that. That's it's it's good that um, those things are being talked about. But yeah, I it's. I know, like I in the, in the last few years, the Glazers have. I know that they've softened to a degree. You know, they listened to like the T.R.A. with regards to um, like more atmosphere in Old Trafford, like the rail seats being put in and things like that. So I'm a little more optimistic now, particularly after the absolute, you know, uh, the absolute humiliation of the the Glazers and the owners of the other clubs uh, over the last few weeks. That they will want to, um, you know, win essentially win back uh, the trust and support. Of the, of the of United fans, I don't know if it's too late for that. Probably is. It, well, it's, it was. Um, it's never even been on the cards for myself to trust them. But um, I think you know there is a chance, like, and they really because as I say, supporters really do have an advantage at this moment in time. So they really need to hammer hammer home uh, what their demands are and uh, to find out practical, like practical, pragmatic ways of actually implementing them. Do you feel like as well? Do you think that the
2: whole The thing about the Glazers, especially in the past, probably the last 10 years, has been more directed around how much they spend on transfers. And do you think that that, that's kind of been the way it's been framed is that the Glazers aren't any good because we're not getting backed, as in buying players. And I think that that's kind of been the whole marketing campaign of getting them out, is that we're not spending enough money, that's why we're not competing. Do you think that this whole Super League thing has kind of highlighted the, the bigger problem with them is the fact that they're not caring about The atmosphere in the grounds. They're not caring about the local fans. They're not caring about what happens here. Irrelevant of how good United are on the football pitch. They're not for as much as they want that, and they're going to try and do that or whatever they're going to do. They're more bothered. They're not even bothered about the fans being able to go to the games. The fans having that connection at all. Whether even if they stopped investing in the team altogether and said, "Look, we're going to cut things back," I think that they're just bothered about. They're not bothered about the fan, the local fan at all. It's more. No you know, a a global thing and they really have, they've shown that in the last few weeks rather than it being, and I think that there's a lot of fans that got behind the Glazer out movement because of investment on the football pitch rather than the overall fear of this corporate takeover of English football Oh well,
1: yeah, I mean, I was first on. I first came on this channel like when um, there was the hashtag Unfollow Man United campaign. Yeah, like to um, like to just like block out United on social media, which didn't work very well. No, but it's, again, it's, it's <laughs> like we we had a load of people. We ask people to send in our videos
0: for that. By mm. the time they sent them all in, it finished. Yeah, like, Actually, and,
1: it died. And it was because United it was United were going through a barren run at the time, yeah. and it's happened. I've, I'm pretty sure the Green and Gold campaign, which a lot of people think was also FC United, had nothing to do with us because it was five years after we formed. Like, a lot of that came about around the time United weren't doing too well. Um, so yeah, the, it, a lot of a lot of people who've got hashtag glazers out on their Twitter profiles are just unhappy that we've not sa- we've not signed Mbappe essentially. So <laughs> it's um, it does seem like. Um, it does seem a little false. It's not. It's nothing to do with the integrity and the uh, the history of Manchester United that they're upset about. It's more to do with um, s- like, sail- uh, like, yeah, the sale of players or what, um, how we're doing on the pitch and those things. In the grand scheme of things, they don't matter. You know, we're United fans, so what happens on the pitch um, is secondary to what is happening at the club. At least that's how I feel. And um, yeah, I mean the Glazers, have, the Glazers have never cared, obviously, about. Um, Never, they've never cared too much about uh, what, whether it's the atmosphere um, or the, um, the general feel that you get from United. It's, it's all to do with profit margins. It's all to do about um, make, with making money. And they'll only make those concessions if they see something in it for themselves. Uh, but at the same time, that doesn't make them very different to to the Edwards family, or uh, and to the people who were, in ch- and to David Gill, and to the people who were in charge of Manchester United, which allowed them to become this monolith that that was bought by the Glazers. So it's they're not too different in that respect. But this is what we were saying 16 years ago. They're never going to care about you as the fan. They're only going to care about themselves. They're not football people. And uh, they they they're just going to try and milk us for everything they've got. And the uh, the ACS, the automatic cup scheme, was the um, you know when it, you have to buy the cup tickets if you've got a season ticket. Like that's for me. That for me was the epitome of what they were about. And uh, yeah, they've not changed.
0: No, I remember, yeah, the uh, automatic cup scheme was. I think it was sitting in FC against FC Cluj when there was about ten thousand fans there because we had to be. Um, I'm just going to go through some of the comments. Uh, RH Elite Coaching in the comments, he says the glazers, um, <laughs> up the RH All right, yeah <laughs> um, Shane Somlinson makes a great point they've been neglected Old Trafford um, Old Trafford yeah don't get me started on that it needs more than a lick of paint um, Dwayne Scott says George's voice is amazing um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else I've missed there's a couple there as well um they are selfish and will never understand the community, which is just exactly what you were saying there. Um, also, Ni- Niall Keen says, this is quality. George speaks very well. Great to hear his perspective. You spoke earlier, George, and Baggers brought up as well, about fans, not just United fans. When this was all popping off in 2005, you know, obviously you guys were almost on on your own. We've seen a little bit of other clubs' involvement. Do you think we'll ever get to a movement in this country where it is there's a bit of solidarity because it's almost fallen apart already, this, I know <laughs> within you... four days, we have, we have like these six clubs and these fans and it was like, you know, and another you know, City and Scousers and United and all this coming together and then three days later it's like, nah, you know what, like Baggers was saying, we're in a Champions
1: League semi-final, we're all right. It's, and, it's difficult yeah. enough to bring together United fans, let alone <laughs> like fans <laughs> of six clubs yeah. competing with each other. So, yeah, um, it's not a surprise but, uh, you know, like, you talk to fans of those clubs like, at, the, at the top six and uh, the so called big six. And um, yeah, we do have more in common uh, than we think in many ways. Um, it's frightening how much in common we've got with the, the Scousers and I know, some do you know ways. what? It's true. Like, yeah, yeah it's you, like, it we is. don't like to admit it.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I got asked this very question the other day. did something with a beer, and they were like, Some people say you've got a lot in common. And when you start thinking about it, you think, All right, yeah, let's, do, let's move on. <laughs> let's not dwell on that, that topic. But yeah, I mean, it, it does feel like... And we can all be guilty, not yourself, because you've actually took a stand. But I think a, a lot of football fans in general can be guilty of it. If, if things are going well on the pitch, it's difficult to mobilise the fan base. That's just almost the nature of the beast. And I think, you know, if you look at, especially with City, what they've gone through when they were 20 years ago and what they are now, and even the Scouts, you know, winning the first title in 30 years... I think a lot of it just seems to stem from what is going on in the pitch for a lot of people i know not yourself but for a lot of people it's like if things are going well in the pitch, people don't tend to get too angry yeah
1: and that's it's, it seems to be it, um i mean one thing that i noticed like the fan protests which helped to quash the super league like that was a refreshing change from the english men football men, fan mentality i thought like if you look at it if you look at it in germany Regardless about, you know, successful like look at Bayern Munich for example. I don't know how many Bundesliga's they've won in a row now, but they're still unhappy about the investment from Qatar and the Middle East and they're still holding up banners saying um, it's not what they want. There's still protests even though that um, even though it's a success, you know, and there's fan movements in Germany where they boycott in, they boycott the games. The whole, ev- all the fans, all the match-going fans will boycott based on t- games being shown on Monday nights. You know, like which is fair enough. Credit yeah, to them for that, absolutely. But in, at the same time, it's it's it seems like a minor issue compared to whatever everything else is. But credit to them for uh, protesting against that sort of thing. But it is refreshing to see that um, there there does seem to be a lot more fan mobilisation in this country because it didn't seem to be the case. I don't know, I didn't see much footage of Italian fans or Spanish fans uh, being against it uh, as, um, no. as much as the English fans. So it was, it was refreshing to see us take that continental approach, if you like.
0: Yeah, so we spoke to a, a Spanish football expert, Semra Hunter, who's over in Spain, and she was saying that in terms of um, Madrid in particular, like a lot of the Madrid fans were all right with it.
1: Mm. Do you know, like, yeah. <laughs> like,
0: We all looked at Florentino Perez and his interviews and thought he's completely lost the plot. And they were like, you know what, we're kind of with him. Um, yeah. and then the Barcelona were just in a right pickle financially were like mm. uh, and Atletico I think we a bit more against it but not to the level she was saying that there's not seen anything like over there what we're seeing over mm-hmm. here like you just said um, in the Super Chat Devon Sharma says fans in India are pleading for Mukesh Ambani to take over United he's the richest man in Asia worth approximately 90 billion and owns a successful IPL team I don't know a lot about that person no. he's worth 90 billion again you know uh, is this is this just the only answer? Another billionaire is that is that the answer to well, that, our, all our problems? I don't yeah. know.
1: It really well no is the answer. <laughs> yeah, well there <laughs> you go. Yeah, like, because true. I mean, even Paul Scholes, um, with no sense of irony, was touching on it uh, yesterday. Like, um, he, um, like um, the, he works with Peter Lim, doesn't he? he was I was talking about, to about
0: say, Peter Lim owns. Like for those who don't know, Peter Lim is a um, is a billionaire. I think he owns. Is he like. A big stake in Salford City. Yeah,
1: sixty yeah. percent. Uh, sorry, forty percent. I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the others own ten percent each. The right. six from Class ninety two. But he also owns Valencia. Yeah, and they want him, and they want him gone because then um, because um, he just they they don't believe he gets what it's about. He's a he's a reclusive billionaire from Singapore. He doesn't get what Valencia is, and they you know they've been selling off a load of their players during uh, during the COVID lockdowns just to try and make ends meet. And they really want him gone. And there's Paul Scholes on BT going. Billionaire owners from other countries don't get what it is to be um, to be football fans. Yeah, you're right, mate. Perhaps have a word in the next, <laughs> at your next board meeting. I mean, that is um, yeah,
0: that is a, that is the ultimate sense of irony when you look at it. Didn't
1: pit like. Haven't Valencia had both the Neville brothers there
0: as well as, as managers? Yeah, the, like...
1: 2015. You know <laughs> Phil, Phil Neville came in as a coach at Valencia. Uh, Gary Neville, with no managerial experience, couldn't speak Spanish, got the job. I mean, you can't talk about nepotism, you know what I mean? And it's ve- that's what I mean about how jarring it is to see um, Neville and Skulls talking about this as right as they are, and I'm as glad as I am that they're speaking out. Um, they need to they need to do certain things themselves. You know, working for Sky Sports isn't doing uh, football much good. No, um, like yeah, working with uh, billionaires like Peter Lim, who you are actively criticising, isn't it going to solve the problem? So, um, what w- you know, what are you going to do yourselves in, in order to change that? So, um, football in general and people speaking out need to look at themselves as well.
2: Because that's it. The, the billionaire owners, whether it comes into Manchester United or whatever, whoever takes over, they're not just going to do it for the love of it. They're going to do it to try and make money, and there's been so many times... These, these owners really struggle... I know it sounds mad. They struggle to make a lot of money off for the, the amount of money they invest in a lot of times. City owners haven't taken that much money out because there isn't that much there in terms of, of profit. It's a long way down the line. Mm. And I think people need to understand that the change in this to get it right would need to be a massive step back in terms of football, in terms of how much money is in the top levels of the game. I think that we've kind of... This is all built up to this position, it's all built up to the reason that these owners want to do it is because fans have been demanding and demanding more and more players and they want these superstar players and they want this but to do that you know, you need to guarantee money and that's the one thing the Glazers have been trying to do for years is guarantee their income, they've taken their the percentage of how much they earned on a match day was, it was something around 50-60% to 60% of that's how much United made and that was in 2009, it's now down to something like 20-25-30% most of it's off commercial stuff like that. They want to just reduce that completely where they go, match day means nothing. It doesn't <laughs> matter where we're finishing the league. We're going to make money else elsewhere. And therefore, we'll be able to sign Mbappe. Yeah, we'll spend £150 million on the player because we can do that. And I think there's people... It's the overall look of it. People need to understand that it's not just going to be a billionaire that comes in and does it. I think that the 50 plus one would be a help because at least fans would have that point to say, look, we don't want to join a Super League why don't you have a thought about investing in the stadium for people that go every week? Why don't you have a thought about investing in the local community and things like that? There's a good do point that. Miles. Sorry, just yeah, go on, go in. on. If you want to read yeah, Miles has just has put said. a super chat in here. Wouldn't our owners investing more in the local area, Our city City's owners, sports washing, do more for their public image than hiring Neil Ashton? And So that's the that's the kind of thing is the, they're looking at... Maybe the way City fans are looking... The city can look at it at the minute is that the investment into local areas. But for me, that's just sports washing as
1: you just said yeah Yeah. it's it's,
0: it's sports washing and is that all above board and is that all a great I mean I know East Manchester or wherever they spent a lot of money around there but then there's a lot of property being bought up in the city centre. Is yeah. that helping yeah. the local people, community? Like, and
1: it's not... like I mean, yeah. I, lived, I lived right near Clayton for a yeah. while, and you could walk down a street in Clayton and see the Etihad uh, in the distance, and, and you're in a street of boarded-up houses. Yeah. So, um, you know, to see that wealth in an area of such poverty, it's not they're not actually doing as much for that local area as people think. And yet, the questions need to be asked about where that money's coming from Yeah. Um, and why Manchester City Council are happy to accept it all the time. Manchester City Council just sort of, yeah, they sort of, yeah, keep going along with it don't they yeah, i mean especially
0: yeah. around the city center a lot of the areas around here as well you know that's not coming back into this yeah. community is it mm. and it's a bit of a myth and it's easy to go well um you know they're investing in the area and the, the, the help in the area i don't think they are especially long term as well because what about affordable housing for people what about things like that? Is that is that happening i don't think it is yeah. from what i have gathered, i mean i'm not an expert on this by any stretch of imagination yeah. but it seems like you're just putting up you know you're Building houses for, for more rich people. Um, we're getting some more comments. Um, Ronan Hill says, "Alex, the beautiful bastard, looking very well today." Thank you. Um, someone else <laughs> saying, "Looking at Blackburn Rovers, I wouldn't want um, an Indian billionaire to take over and buy United." There was obviously the issue with the oh, bankies. Yeah, <laughs> God. <laughs> it was like, yeah. Do you remember that with the, all sorts of shenanigans that went on there, mm. weren't they? It was just nightmare. Yeah, and they're just, still there, aren't they? So. I remember I used to cover Blackburn, and it was the I can't remember the they appointed some guy who was like their spokesperson. And he held a fans forum where he was basically like, he was like, he was drunk. He was just slagging off Steve Keen, mm. and like making all these jokes. And Steve Keen was the manager. Someone put their hands up and went, I've got no experience. I drink too much. Uh, can I, um, can I have a job as a football manager? And he went, I'm sorry, that position's already taken. <laughs> and everyone was laughing. And this was the guy who was in charge of like, he's like the CEO or whatever he was called. Um, it was just a mess. Um, so yeah, be careful what you wish for us, as we've been saying. Yeah. Um, do you think this, this, Tom says, do you think the Glazers care about protests? As lockdown has proven, they don't even need fans to make money. I mean, this is the question. I, mean, all, I know we keep asking this, George, and it's like, you know, do the Glazers care about the protests? Do, do you think that that has any effects? But you, you sort of touched on it earlier about the fact that, as a fan as well, you always want to protest, don't you? You want to do something and voice your opinion. Mm. You've done the ultimate as a as a, yeah.
1: as a person in general, whether it be yeah. football or life, you know, protests um are there as a visible form of opposition so any as i said earlier any protest is valid i still stick to that uh, they're right uh, th- they were right in the sense that you know um a lot of fo- a lot of owners are seeing what's happening during covid and seeing you know no fans in the stadium but still making money that's not necessarily true for real and Barça. that's one of the reasons that they wanted to move away yeah. um and make money elsewhere but um yeah, it does, it, and it, it, it feels like, you know, because we're so used to seeing empty stadiums now, if a boycott, like we were calling for, um, of Old Trafford when the Glazers took over, if that actually happened, would it have much of an That's effect? That's what I wanted
0: to ask you, do you, do you feel, because I, I worry about this, I think that that would be like the ultimate boycott is, right, we're just not going to go. Like, let's galvanise everyone and just say, right, we're not going, we're not going to setting foot but then are they going to insulate are they at the point where they can insulate themselves and that's it's not
1: going to last forever like the, uh, the the idea that they're going to make money regardless without stadium revenue that's, that's not that's not true they right. they are going to and they they're, they're businessmen who want as much money as they yeah. can so they're going to be upset once we're alla- once um, we're allowed fans in again and if those fans don't turn up so i would still be in favor of any kind of boycott or any kind, of, um, any kind of movement which, which with, withholds your money from the Glazer family, because that's what it's about. That's what they care about. That's why we formed FC United, to withhold our money from the Glazers and make their business plan fail. And if they're seeing ways of making revenue and not doing it, at the moment they can't have fans in, but when they allowed fans in and nobody's going, it will, that will annoy them, and they may reconsider about their future as owners of United. Do you think as well, do you think that this this protest, we're, we're looking at it
2: as a protest against the Glazers and stuff like that, and it is, but they may ignore it and they may do that. Do you think this protest is probably a bit more important because of it's almost a protest to show this petition has just gone through, this has mm-hmm. just done that, that it's more to the government and going, look, there's 10,000, forget football fans, 10,000 people in your country here, this is a massive part of their community. That still aren't happy. It doesn't matter, and it doesn't matter how well they're doing on the football pitch. They aren't happy with what's going on. And you, do you think this protest is more to not just show the Glazers, but to show the government almost this is what you need to do? Yeah,
1: I, um, I think it, it, I think United can speak for a lot of football fans in yeah. this regard. And um, yeah, I think it's it's important to to. Certainly, in uh, at this moment in time, when it's it's still fresh in the minds of football fans, what they tried to do yeah. with this with the European Super League. So, uh, while it's still in the news, while people are still uh, talking about it, get out there and make your opposition visible, and make your anger visible, uh, and take your cans home. <laughs> <laughs> we're not scousers. Take yeah, your council. We're not scousers. An uh, yeah. a appropriate
0: message. Uh, yeah, there is a process, as we said, at Old Trafford this Sunday. So if you're able to get down there, voice your opposition. Uh, just before we go, George, tell us a little bit about FC United, where people can get involved. I know that obviously the games are on hold at the minute, but people mm-hmm. can still get involved. Yeah, like um, guys are doing.
1: We um, we we sell. We can become a co-owner of uh, FC United for fifteen pounds a year um you get votes you get uh, it's one member one vote you get a, you can vote at two we have two general meetings a year where you can vote on resolutions members votes um you can even vote on what kit we have you know it's we vote on everything that, that affects the club and uh, yeah if you want to get a membership uh, just go to our website and um we we we'll follow us on social media we've got we're, we're on everywhere we're everywhere at the moment um, season tickets are only 150 quid um, we sell 10 match ticket books as well so you don't have to buy a full season ticket and yeah just get involved because it's any red any United fan is welcome at FC and you'll love it because the atmosphere is terrific and you're with like-minded reds absolutely yeah,
0: we'll sounds stick great, we'll get a sounds a like in, the way it should be we'll, yeah, we'll a put a, a link in the description there so make sure you go and check out FC United and even if you're not able to get to the games or you, know, you can support them like George said you can get involved and, and sort of Follow them on social media and check out all the updates there. So make sure you are supporting them as well. Uh, we're going to be down there on Sunday. We're also going to have all the build up to the, playing the Scousers. Aren't we? Almost forget this weekend. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, we've got a Liverpool game, aren't we? we uh, Leeds, Roma and Scousers, and it's just yeah, it's begin. like an afterthought. Uh, George, thanks for coming on. It's great no chatting problem. to you. We'll have to have you on it's again, good. mate, because it's always a pleasure. I know you know, you've been on a few times. Um, And it's always good listening to to what you've got to say. And obviously, it's always relevant, but even more so now with what's going on uh, over the past two weeks. So, check out FC United, check out Alice Baggers on all socials. You know where to find me. Don't forget as well to hit like, share, and subscribe. This has been Houses Brew. Thanks for watching.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.